Welcome to another episode. I am with Radhika Vicaria this time, who is a world music slash mantra artist. She has a track now called Kali that is up for consideration for the world music category of the Grammys. So if you are a voting member, uh, please consider listening and voting for that category. Um, I am a member, so I will certainly be considering it. And um, if you're just a listener, I highly encourage you to go listen to it. It is a really beautiful track that she released recently. Um, this conversation took place before I went to Europe. So um, it's been a few weeks in the making, but I believe everything in it is still relevant. It's um, what they call, what is it? Evergreen, <laughs> evergreen, because uh, we talk a little bit about her past and um, how she considers herself a vessel um, for divine to transmit through her her body as a channel, um, which I can relate to. And we discuss a little bit about her her background, but um, it sounds like maybe another episode will be required to delve deeply into that. She has some ancestry in East Africa, as I gather from her bio. You can read more about her in the show notes in the bio and uh, definitely go check out what she's up to because she does a lot of live stuff and um yeah so it was really fun getting to know her and chatting with her if you are a regular listening to this podcast or if you're just joining us for the first time please consider rating the podcast on the um, podcast listening station that you use apple podcasts is a great one to rate us on and also leave uh, an actual written rating even if it's just a few words that really helps to promote the podcast and get the people that i chat with more um, opportunities to reach a wider audience so we really appreciate that if you're on youtube please give it a like subscribe and uh, enjoy the episode here we go where are you hailing from? Like, where in the world are you? I'm from London, but I live in LA. Ah, okay. Very cool. And you've been in the US for a while now or? A few years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you like it? I love it. You know, there's an, there's an openness of possibility here. And yeah, it's relatively a new land compared to the rest of the world in a way. And that really encourages a lot of innovation and curiosity. People here are very curious. Yeah. So you can explore your own ideas with a bit more freedom and also have them be received with a little more excitement. You know, it's yeah. not so entrenched that, you know, everybody is, a clo you know, they're not so closed off here. Yeah, that's specifically true about Los Angeles, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know that, like, I lived, I've, I've lived in Los Angeles. I was born in L.A., um, and I always consider that sort of like the, I don't know, the the bastion of the free mindedness. You know, it's it's a very <laughs> special environment. There's a lot of variety in the United States, um, a lot of which I haven't even in encountered because I haven't been to a lot of places in the United States. But yeah, um, well, I was, you know, it's funny. I was having this conversation a couple of days ago about Los Angeles in particular, and. It's interesting when you live here because you realize that a lot of people come here because they were seeking something outside of where they were. And I know that's true mm. for a lot of people who move. 
but especially here it seems to be people who want to go to a realm of expression that they may not have felt was possible before mm. you know and i think that's why los angeles is also a hotbed for uh, things of a spiritual nature because in order to lean into spirituality or a practice of any kind you have to be comfortable with the idea of receiving something unknown to you mm. so i think it's inherent in the nature of people here that they are almost comfortable with going into an abyss in a way <laughs> something untested and um uh, you know i know people call it the city of angels but i like to call it the city of rebels because it feels like there's a lot of people who have rebelled against maybe you know the conformity of where they've come from or the ideas in which they were saturated and they want to create and express something new and i think that's a beautiful quality it's something i resonate with because I was a rebel as a kid, so it feels <laughs> it feels very much at home, home for me in some ways. Did you grow up similarly in a city, or was it rural when you where you were born? It was yeah, it was suburban. It was London, but it was suburban. So suburbs are about you know on a fast train you can get into London in about twenty five minutes or okay. half an hour. So I spent a lot of time in central London. I went to college in central London. Mm -hmm. It's still very much part of a big city, but mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to have a bit of a suburban childhood growing up yeah that's cool yeah i like the i, I like that description of of los angeles Go, going into an abyss yeah it is it takes a certain kind of person to want that type of experience because i think we're we're at a time or maybe we're always at a time where people are very sure about what they think right they're very so it it's it is a little unusual to be in a place where people are open which has sort of like the has a has a kind of a counterbalance effect too like if you are so open then you're almost open to anything i've had this experience and you can <laughs> find yourself in situations that are like well i'm open but that doesn't feel right right so it's like you have to um kind of decide in that openness what is right for you and it does become a choice which is empowering as opposed to well this is what I've always done so this is what I'm going to continue to do yes and I think you know you're you're absolutely right and I think that even though there are some um let's say parts of the experiment that we may not be so fond of um it's putting yourself in that space of openness and that almost that trial and tribulation that allows you to develop uh, discernment, which is one of the foundational uh, qualities that is important for a life where you're striving for a higher sense of self-awareness. Mm. You know, you have to develop discernment and you're only going to do that if you put yourself in a set of options that are unbeknownst to you, unusual, you know, you're going to make well, what's what's a mistake really, right? It's such, such a judgment of mm. what is a mistake or what is a good or bad experience. So all it's doing is training you, you know. I just think that it's almost like being a Jedi. You gotta like <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta trip and fall and then you've got to grow and and that's just part of life, you know. I think you get to do that in a very intense way in a city like Los Angeles. I think in America in general, 
Mm. Um, but there's just such incredible possibility and scope and uh, potential for evolution here. Mm. It's it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. So you've also spent some time in Texas, I read, right? Or was that just for South by Southwest? That was for South by Southwest. I'd like to spend a little more time there and see what it's like. I'm curious about this country. Yeah. (laughs) Is South by Southwest in Austin? I'm forgetting. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's a very specific kind of kind of Texas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's a really sweet city. How did that um, how did that happen? Because that you were the first Kirtan artist to play at South by Southwest. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. But it it is nice to see. Oh, go ahead. I was going to no, say it's no, nice no. to see, you know, people of of our, you know, persuasion embracing sort of a, a mainstream platform because, you know, we saw that kind of with uh, White Sun winning a Grammy, I guess, or like, we, you know, there's been a lot more nominations in the Grammys and stuff, but I haven't heard of people doing like mainstream festival circuit stuff maybe there are more than just you but I I haven't heard of it yet so that's really cool yeah well you know the way I present myself is not necessarily as a kirtan artist it's one of the things that I do and I absolutely love because of the devotional practice you Mm. know it's a devotional practice Um, but I'm also a performer you know I come from years of performing world world music and Mm. with bands and sharing stages with bands across Europe and the UK. So the way that I present even music of a devotional nature is, is in a, well, people say it's quite unique, you know, it's got a lot of components of the performative aspect, as opposed to just the call and response. My recordings don't have call and response, obviously, Mm. I repeat a lot of phrases in them. But, you know, it's much more like you know, you alone in a ride going, Mm. you know what I mean? And then feeling the collective energy. So what I did with South by Southwest, it was really incredible. They had erected these giant 360 wisdoms there. And I was one of the artists. Wisdoms? Wisdoms. Yeah, they have them in LA. I forget that these are (laughs) kind of specific to LA or certain pods around the country, but they're basically 360 geodesic domes. Geodesic? I can't remember how you say it. I would um, say geodesic, but I can't say for someone geodesic. British. I'm in America, I'll say that. <laughs> I'm still getting used to um, cilantro. <laughs> I'm still, still getting used to that. Um, so there are 360 geodesic domes and you have projections inside of them. So it's like you're in the visuals and in the sounds. And the way that the sound bounces off geodesic domes is mm-hmm. unlike anything I've experienced. So I got to perform music from my album, my previous album, Sapta, which I think you're familiar with, um, and some new pieces as well. And they had a grand piano. So I fused it with some of the tracks and did piano kind of, you know, infused versions of them. And it was it was really, really beautiful, really beautiful. Great experience. That's so cool. I'm familiar with the geodesic dome thing, not for a sound presentation, but I was in one at Bhakti Fest once. And the guy, I think the people who had designed it were there and they had said that it was because there was this 360 technology. Now, like, you know how you can take a panoramic on your phone? They they were saying like, that's really cool, but it, it's not very impressive actually to look at on your phone. But if you can see it like, like in the dome, it is 
it is a very impressive technology. So yeah, it's it's super cool and fun and immersive. And I can imagine that that it would is. be. It is be because cool. you're, <clears throat> you're enveloped by the visual. And then the way the sound bounces off everything, you're enveloped by the sound. Mm. Obviously, the um, the mixing engineer there is a, has a big part to play with it. So I was very, very uh, lucky. There was a guy called Gerhard Just who's really brilliant, really brilliant. So I was just swimming in the music. And, you know, there was almost this point, which is kind of unusual to think of South by Southwest, but there was this point where I was singing Om Namah Shivaya and the way that the sound was reverberating and coming back I I honestly felt like I was being lifted up it's like the sound was coming back to me and and helping me be airborne in a physical way yeah. not just in a vibrate vibrational way but yeah. I actually felt like I was taking off <laughs> and I did some things with my voice that I've never done before so it it really encourages you to go into that unknown you know mm. when you're in the right environment or a, an environment conducive to maybe what your soul is seeking in terms of an experience, then it can really take you to mm. that place, you know, like nothing else will. Yeah. Really beautiful. Oh, I have so many questions about that experience. So, <laughs> so there was a visual component that you designed? No. So for that, for that event, because there were a lot of artists, um, it would be, it would have been really difficult to do your own, um, mm -hmm. Uh, design so they have these they have great artists like android jones they have you know really brilliant brilliant artists as part of their uh, licensed material so the visual technician was choosing live what would work with my ah, songs wow. and so there are some clips i can send you it's really really quite amazing it's beautiful yeah. to look back at it what is the the interactive experience because i assume you're performing in front of people who are not really familiar with your genre yeah. am i correct or or was it like yeah okay so what was the kind of the interactive component was there any or yeah it was really sweet actually because from the stage i i always like to bring even if i'm performing music you know the the bedrock of mantra music the bedrock of sanskrit singing is to create a cohesion with other living beings right that is really one of the basis of, of where the bhakti practice comes from really is that you're singing it with other people so even if I'm performing the music I always like to bring a couple of sections where I'm encouraging people to participate so there was this really beautiful moment um, where I'm singing a Ram bhajan a Ram song and I have this section where I say to people are you willing to join me and it's interesting because from the stage I couldn't hear it and I thought mm -hmm. oh okay this is this is not working it's fine I'm just going to sing my heart out it's fine it's Ram you have to right <laughs> but then when I listened back to the recordings from the audience it was really amazing because you could hear these people were singing it and that's there's something almost extra sweet about finding out afterwards mm. because in the moment I thought, okay, I'm alone in doing this. They're just going to receive it. It's fine. Um, and then you just kind of go into it a little more deeper without that external uh, concern. Mm. But then afterwards, it's like a cherry on top where you realize that people were joining in. And, you know, I think that's just a testament, again, to the openness we were talking about, mm. that even at South by Southwest, you can have this participation from people. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Was this your your background? Did you grow up chanting? Or was this something you discovered in your later years? So, you know, it's I grew up with Indian music, but less kirtan style. Mm. So I grew up with more devotional bhajans, mm. right? So not necessarily the call and response too much, but more bhajans and old songs. My father was a singer, so mm. we would sing old bhajans of, you know, dating back to Brindavan and, you know, Krishna songs. and mm. But they were more song form because mm. I grew up with a lot of uh, semi-classical singers being played in my house. I didn't realize that that's what it was, but semi-classical singers were huge influence on my father. So I grew up with that. Little did I realize that semi-classical music is derived from classical music, which mm. is derived from the notes and the sword and really the understanding of the vibration of these rugs and connection mm. to nature. So later on in life, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, is semi-classical because it's a bhajan and not a, like a traditional raga? Is, is that what you, I've never heard that semi-classical. So semi-classical from what I understand is kind of what the old Bollywood singers from the black and white movies, how mm. they, they were semi-classical singers because they learned classical, like proper classical, but they sang more song form music so they would mm. sing a lot of film music mm -hmm. so i think that's what semi-classical is but okay. please if anyone is watching this, <laughs> correct me please do because i'm not an expert um but yeah I, I grew up with a lot of that influence but in that music and in the sounds and vibration is devotion mm. you know because even classical music is devotional it's the way that it's the way that these musicians would commune and connect and channel, you know, the divine mm. and nature itself. So I always grew up around that. So when I came across Kirtan, I started meditating a lot, obviously, in tandem with meditation and, and things like that, you know, you discover Kirtan a lot. And obviously, I'd been around, I'd been around Indian groups growing up where we would all collectively sing together, but I may not have realized it was a specific thing called kirtan because mm. I grew up with it being called satsang. Mm. Mm. And kirtan is a much more prevalent term in America, as far mm. as I know, because in the UK, I never really heard kirtan a lot. Mm -hmm. We call it satsang, you know. Um, and in, so, you know, in, in those experiences, you would have a singer you know, sing a whole bhajan, it wouldn't, everything wouldn't be call and response. So it wasn't, you know, all call and response, all the kirtan that you experience here. Mm -hmm. But later on, I came across kirtan and, you know, it's such a, it's a beautiful, like I see it as a practice. Mm -hmm. It's a practice, you know, it's, it's very deep. It's, it's an experience to go into with a lot of intention, a lot of love. To me, kirtan is the same as sitting down to meditate, same as mm -hmm. getting on your mat and practicing yoga. You know, it's a process and it's a journey. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That experience that you were talking about in the geodesic dome where you felt like you were lifted, that made me think of how the pyramids were supposedly built. They, they, there are people that believe that the sound actually lifted the stones. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. No. Um, I, I don't know. That sounds very, that sounds very plausible to me because of my experience with sound, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, it just it just reminded me of that. And, and also the possibility that perhaps those voices in the geodesic dome were helping to lift you, even though you couldn't hear them, but maybe mm -hmm. you were feeling them too, which is an interesting aspect of sound because we're not hearing it all the time, right? Like there's frequencies we can't hear, but we're being affected by. Yeah, I love I love that you just said that. I got goosebumps as you were just saying that. Because if we, you know, I think many of us who, or many of the people who may watch this podcast um, or listen to it, you know, probably subscribe to the idea that everything is, everything is sound or they're discovering that everything is created from sound or the whole universe mm. is sound, right? Mm. Warm is the primordial sound. Mm. And so if sound could create the whole universe, then why couldn't sound lift a block in the pyramids? Mm. Mm. you know and and i love that you brought up that sound and frequency is so subtle you know even when you're sitting next to somebody who doesn't say a word but you begin to feel something you feel an altered state it's because their thoughts and the emotions they're emitting have a sound it mm. creates a noise a noise in the mm. field mm. right and so even at a subtle level, we're hearing their thoughts, we're hearing their emotions, we're feeling them too, but we're hearing the sound that is emitted, even from somebody who's completely silent. Mm. It's very, very powerful, very mm. powerful indeed. That's an interesting take on telepathy that I hadn't really considered. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you perform in spaces that are more familiar with what you're doing does it feel like a different kind of performance or do you sort of is it always just this is me this is how I you know do you do you think about it differently or well first of all I never think it's me <laughs> that's a great because, response <laughs> because it's really not me <laughs> Um, so that part gets out the way. Oops, sorry, that part gets out the way, just like that, just banging my microphone. Um, if there ever is a thought of me, something happens to just go boom. Um, so it's never really me. I just, you know, for me personally, music is an offering. It's an offering. And my only job is to remain clear so that whatever needs to come through can come through. You know, it took me a long time to even reconcile with the word channeler or healer you know I would get told that that's what happens but I was very hesitant to adopt that and I still would never call myself that um because it's for other people to determine that not for me um you know I can't say I'm a healer I'm a healer I'm a healer and the person's going but you're not healing me <laughs> you know, it's, it's for them to um to decide that to come to that conclusion but yeah, you know, if I'm ever invited to perform or uh, conduct a kirtan, um, it's whatever is needing to be served in the moment. Um, I do like to curate the experience. You know, I'm I'm less of a let's just go and see what happens and decide on the moment what to do. Once in a while, something you know, obviously there's room for things to come in and. For inspiration to hit and go you know what this needs to happen now but generally I find I'm pretty in tune with what's needed you know mm. I can kind of feel it a few days before the performance or a little while before the performance or event but yeah you know I find that I've been very fortunate 
I think the bhav is the bhav really does the work, you know. So there's really not anything to worry about because you just come in and you just you create the environment and the intention and the discipline to allow the bhav to happen. You know, my my only job is to remain disciplined and um, and incubate, you know, and be well enough hmm. to 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 do what I do and then whatever happens happens honestly I don't some of the things that have happened I could not explain to you hmm. you know and I, and I think that's kind of sweet for that reason is do you feel like you are more inclined in the to join a performance space as opposed to like a recording space or do you feel that those are similar do you prefer one over the other like well there's something very sweet about both right so when you're performing there's this there's just such a live component to it it's unique every time the people are different the environment's different the day is different the astrology is different you know um you're never going to capture that again you know and in, in the same way it's similar in a studio you know but the, but the studio is like a playground it's very different and I love being in a studio because you can explore so much with one piece mm. you know you don't get to do that when you're performing or even in a kirtan you know mm -hmm. you have a one song and then you kind of move on so they both have their I'm lucky I love both it would be a, <laughs> be a bit of a problem if I really didn't like one of them but I love performing and I love being in the studio I mean I, I really really love what we've created so far with my producer George Landris on this specific type of music it it's something we're very very proud of but again you know there's that a little bit of that separation to know well it's not fully us so you know it's it's something very graceful that's come in and just humbled to be part of it hmm. yeah that's interesting I always feel like hearing myself sing I've never asked anybody else this but I'll ask you when I hear myself sing like when I listen to my own recordings the ones that I I like because they're they aren't all necessarily like <laughs> equal to me but um if I you know I'm really I really feel like we captured something with it when I listen to it it's it's almost like conjuring how can I put this it's like attaining um not attaining experiencing like an elevated state of myself so it's like it it gives me something to I don't know sort of like when you look at a picture of like a wonderful moment that you had or you know something that it actually feels very healing for me for that reason because it's like oh this is the best of you know this is like um a moment captured where I was ecstatic or I was you know in in a really it felt good um does, do you, do you have that experience? Like, what is your experience with listening to your own music? Do you, do you, or? <laughs> um, I wasn't for a while, but I realized why, because I don't like, um, oh God, Spotify is going to kill me for this, but, um, <laughs> this, but, um, the quality of streaming isn't how we, you know, how we're listening to music streamed is not how we've created mm. it. Mm. It's very thin. Mm. So a, I don't, I listen to my music not on streaming platforms 
or I listen on platforms where the quality is really high. Mm. Um, like Tidal is really great. No, I'm not an ambassador for Tidal. Oh, just... you know, I didn't know that. Is that, yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, Tidal's music huh. quality is far surpasses any other streaming platform. Huh. It's pretty much CD quality on one of the tiers you can go on. And actually, I should share this. On one of the higher tiers, Tidal actually skews the amount you pay per month. The top um, basically sends a portion of the monthly amount you pay to your favorite artist that month. Really? Mm-hmm. What a great... So you, almost, so you almost become a patron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who uses yeah. Tidal? Is is that... Because I don't hear many people talking about that in the US. Is it is it like a European thing or... No, Tidal was founded, I think, in the US, but I think because they're, um, they're not so widely available across the world. They are mm. in more Western countries. I don't even know if that's a relevant term now, but in America and the UK and some European countries, but it's not as widely available as, say, Spotify. Huh. But they are more, um, they pay the most to artists. They pay, I think, three or four times more than spotify does and on their second highest tier um on the second tier i think they pay yeah they pay a chunk so if you're paying say i think 10 percent or 15 percent of your monthly fee goes directly to the favorite artist that month wow thank you for that okay but so when you do listen on title what is your experience of hearing your own music i really enjoy it because <laughs> You know, I used to not enjoy listening to myself. You know, we have that self-critic. It's one of the banes and tests and teachers of life, right? We're mm-hmm. always criticizing ourselves. But um, I used to not enjoy listening to myself. However, I think because there's a whole, there's a very deep recognition that a lot of what's coming through is not me. I am not claiming it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it almost helps me. That when I listen to this particular music of my of mine, I don't listen to it as though it's me. It almost doesn't register. Mm. I feel more like a steward of it than the singer of it. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had, you were saying that you had many different performative experiences. So you've been in scenarios where I'm assuming, or I'm, yeah, time, it's, it, well, you'll tell me if this is true, but you, that you did feel like you were performing. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I've had similar experiences. And you, what's funny for me is that I had like, I sort of had to change the way that I performed or not performed Mm -hmm. because I would get stage fright and I literally couldn't sing because it was so, it felt so much like me and I had to, you know, uh, prove myself that it would actually prevent me from making sound or like very nice sounding sound. Yeah. Have you, have you had like, Um, Well, since you've had the experience of having kind of a more performative and also feeling like the steward of your sound, was there like a a turning point for you in that or did it just sort of gently evolve? Yeah, there there was a big turning point. I think, you know, I went through a period of a few years of 
realizing music for what it was meant to be for me. You know, when you're, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak into my experience, which was, you know, I always knew that I loved music. I always, if I wasn't doing music, I felt like I wasn't living. You know, it wasn't a great place to be, you know. It's not a great place to be when you're not being who you're meant to be, mm. right? And um, so that's why I think it's really, I, I really everything I do is to encourage people to to discover that um, because they deserve to, you know, we deserve to. And so there was a turning point for me where I was in a show in Germany, randomly ended up being in the show in Germany, singing in four different languages, um, Peter Gabriel songs, Sting songs. Um, the A.R. Rahman catalog was in there. So I was singing, you know, in Tamil and Carnatic languages. Um, Sounds like an interesting concert. Of, it, it was. <laughs> it really was. It was like Cirque du Soleil meets India. It was the craziest show and wonderful oh, wow. and great experience. That's how I ended up coming to America because I met a lot of Americans who were the producers and 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 running it and developing it. So that's how I came here. Um, but being, um, just swimming in the sounds of Indian music and world music was the happiest place that I'd ever been. And when I came to America, it was, you know, being in LA has been, I promised when I came to LA, actually, I wasn't ever going to sing again. Why? I'd hung that hat up on the shelf. It's really interesting um, because I just, there were some difficult things that happened in the career. And there was this moment where I just said, okay, that's it. I'm never going to sing again. I just want to write songs and create for others. So I was going to be a songwriter composer. And then I came here and LA went, no, we're going to, Hope you go deeper into actually the culture where you're from. That's that's the irony. Mm. Coming further away from India, from India, to actually go back to my ancestry even more. Um, and there were some in 2015. There was, you know, I think everybody knows about the change in the tides and all the astrological movements of what was going on in 2015. No, enlighten me. So it was the beginning of a, apparently it was the beginning of a, a seven year cycle in 2015, where huge shifts would happen for about 40 to 60% of the planet, hmm. where 40 to 60% of the people on this planet would begin to, in some way, whether it's a seed, whether it's a full flesh flowering, begin to realize their path begin to realize the truth of why they're here and so or just general ways of the planet just to basically wake up in in whatever way is needed and I think we've begun to see that right wow yeah and 2023 2022 2023 is a culmination of that seven years which is really interesting when you say yeah. So for me, 2015, it was bang on schedule that that began to happen for me. And that's when I started to seek. I started to go, okay. I started getting signs. People were asking me to record this specific kind of music. And 
search for the producer and that's really where it all began in 2015. Wow. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense in my life too, actually, if I, if I look back on that. I did not know that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Basic <laughs> so, astrology is amazing, by the way. So you were, yeah. So you were, you just wanted to be kind of behind the scenes. You wanted to not be the face, but, or the body, <laughs> but be um, mm -mm. writing for mm -hmm. other people. And were you but going I don't to think write? I am, you know? Right. Oh, so you did it anyway. Sorry, the connection is unstable. Yeah, here. no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Well, in a way, you did it anyway. You became, you became the, the observer of what you're, what you were going to create, just as if you were writing for somebody else, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's how it feels. That's genuinely how it feels. I don't have an ident like it is. I don't identify with the music that I've made. It's not like, oh, that's my music. Mm. I'm so. You know, because I don't have ownership over it. I don't have, you know, there's there's so much that happened around Sapta, for instance, and there's so much around Sapta, The Seven Ways, my mm -hmm. previous album, which was my first foray into mantra, recording mantra music. And there's an incredible amount in this next album. I mean, it is, it's a whole evolution from Sapta. And yet, you know, just like we have, I think just like we have experiences in life, one of the the tenets of being kind of lighter in life is to experience things and let them go and not attach to them. And I know that it's it vairagya and all these terms are kind of thrown around. It's like, oh, I have to be detached, I have to be detached. But you know, that's a even just saying I am detached is that's a whole that's a whole Pandora. <laughs> that's an identity. Huh? Yeah. That's an identity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's an identity to go around saying, I am detached or I am spiritual, I am all mm. these things. It's like, you know, so to label myself in accordance with this music, it's, um, there's a part of me that's very, very hesitant to do that. I also have a lot of reverence for great masters, you know, Bhakta masters, Indian classical singing masters, Guruji, Ajoji, Chakrabarti, people like that, whose lineage I'm so glad to have touched the feet of that you know it's just a it's a training as well to just always remember that there's something to learn you're always learning and so I would never <laughs> I, I would never kind of stand on a mantle and go yes this is me and I've done it because I, I don't think we're ever done <laughs> you know um so yeah I am observing it it's, it's very strange at times I listen to myself and I go who's that it's really interesting. <laughs> My friends will play the music and I go, oh, who's that? Really? Yeah. And for, for a second, I, I won't realize it's me. It's interesting. It's that nice. Interesting. It's yeah. nice because there's no criticism, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So when you were going to stop singing and write and write songs, you were going to write pop music or like what was your idea i was writing yeah i was writing some pop music and i was also um i've written for stage as well so one of my oh. songs was in a, a really big french uh stage spectacular they call it uh called cleopatra and oh. one of my songs that i wrote was the show-stopping number it was sung by dominique in french? Manoir, i think her name is yeah it was uh, translated into french 
Mm. Um, and it was sung by this beautiful, beautiful singer, Dominique Madois, who I think was on French Idol. Um, and yeah, so I I love music that takes you on a journey. So in essence, it's similar. You know, I've always mm. been drawn to classical music. I grew up playing classical music, classical piano. Mm. And for me, music is all about going on a ride. You know, going from A to not even B, but A to Z, as we say in America. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I was going to do. And uh, the universe said. But it's funny because when I was little, when I was very little, I would sing Sanskrit shlokas when I was little. Before I could talk. Hmm was really interesting I naturally went towards chanting mantras when I was very tiny so I guess you eventually become what you were seated with hmm. oh I like that yeah you eventually become what you were seated with hmm. I just have to write that down um very interesting. So I'm learning. I'm learning some really cool things about you. The that is interesting. <laughs> the uh, the show in in France. Have you done Have you done other shows? Like, have you have I performed? <clears throat> well, like, well, I mean, you can tell me about that too. But I'm wondering if you've written for for other uh, performances. That sounds really cool. No, I did that one, and then I was going to go more into it, but then again, I came to the states, and I was gonna actually. Uh, go into writing in New York and do some Broadway stuff. You know, I really, I really love Broadway. I really love musicals growing up, being in London, you are yeah. around all of that so much. But, you know, there's always a, a great story and a great conclusion and celebration at the end of the lesson. Um, and, and then I, but I did come here and I had a song of mine uh, sung by Shoshana Bean. Oh, I, I know her. <laughs> oh, you know her. She, yeah. yeah. So she, she was she recorded. in Wicked? Was she? No. Oh, no. She was. She played. She, she may played, have been. I don't know. Ephel, is it Ephelba? I can't remember her name. Yeah, Wicked. I, I think she was in Wicked. Oh, okay. So um, she played the Wicked Witch, I think. Oh, she's a great I, voice. I think it was the story of the Wicked Witch before she became Wicked or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I could be wrong. It was a while ago, but... That's a great she, show. I love that. Mm, so she recorded one of my songs called Stand Up uh, for St. Jude, for oh. St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And again, it was a very ballad-esque song about surviving, mm. you know, becoming who you are. Again, it's, yeah. it's the theme that has been running through everything. <laughs> um, and she recorded that. And even the song in France is I Am Not Alone. Mm. In the chorus, you know, it's talking about I will I will keep standing and I will be here to the end because I know that after everything I am not alone. And the mm. song is really about God. Mm. Mm. The song is about God. Yeah. And even stand up is about, you know, standing up for who you are, who you're meant to be in this world. So it's really interesting. These are years before, and yet it's still the same message and fundamental expression of the music that I'm making now and everything that I'm involved in now yeah is to help the listener and myself honestly it reminds me to 
um, essentially really nourish in how we were made and why we were made and why we're here. Yeah. There's nothing more important than that to me. It's the only job that matters as far as I'm concerned is to be who you are. Hmm. Wish we could get paid for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose in a sense you do. I mean, if you're... Mm-hmm. I, I have to write that down too. That is so crazy that um, that you know her. That's so funny. Um, so I don't know her personally, but she but recorded she my song. Recorded but your yeah, song. I would love to, yeah. love to meet her. She's amazing. I just happened to meet her because I, um, and I didn't really know who she was. I just met her as Shoshana Bean. Um, I later found out what she did, but she was um, one of the teachers that I've had. He had like a retreat. And she came and she sat next to me and we chatted and he's like, you're a singer. She's a singer, you know, <laughs> talk, uh, talk. And so that's, that's kind of how I knew her. And she was um, trying to drink a gallon of water a day. I remembered that <laughs> <laughs> she had her like giant thing with her. Um, you have to drink a lot of water. I know. Yeah. It was very Damn. inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. It's funny that you like musicals too. I, so I grew up in France for like half my, you know, development childhood. And I all like my, when my dad would ask me like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I want to go to London and I want to see musical. (laughs) So that's what we would do. We did that a few consecutive years. Uh, It was, oh, yeah. So fun. So I have a lot of musical, um, musical background as well. I actually thought I wanted to be a musical theater performer for a while, but then I realized I would have to perform other people's music and that, yeah. So you perform your own now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't be able to do that sustainably. (laughs) Yeah, it's an amazing discipline, amazing discipline. People who do musical theater. Yeah. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very cool very cool art that I'm glad is still ex- in existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Do you mm-hmm. think that that might, I mean, I know it's hard to project, but with, if, if you did have the opportunity to write a musical or to create something like that, would that be something that would be in your, I mean, would, would you be interested in that? Yeah, I think more what I'm interested in is, you know, bringing the elements of musical into say an interactive experience so i'm very much into you know i love the musical world but as technology has moved and how the world is moving i am really curious about how to fuse these traditional art forms with something a little more immersive as we say and i know the word immersive is thrown around a lot these days but i mean down to the fibers of your being immersive I mean, Mm. everything about it being immersive. Mm. And um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it has to be an incredible story. There has to be a meaningful message in anything, anything there is. So when that meaningful message comes up, then that'll be a time to explore. And I'm sure that elements of musicals will definitely make its way in there because it's such a part of who I am and how I grew up. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if you look at... um, you know, if you look at ancient Hindu mythology and the stories, 
you know, they're, they're basically musicals. Mm -hmm. There are these dramatic, epic stories that have so much meaning and so much humanness about them, even though they're about the dev devas and the devdas. And, um, and you have all this music that we sing in kirtan or bhajans and all these things, you know, that are, that help weave the stories together. Hmm. You know, on on Clubhouse, I don't know if you remember the audio app Clubhouse. I, um, I yeah, it was pretty briefly pretty big during the, <laughs> the world transition, let's just say. Um, and we were doing these sessions on Clubhouse that were very, very sweet. We had um, people from all over the world come together and we would tell the stories of, say, Hanuman or Krishna. And we would have singers from all over the world. This is so beautiful. There were singers from all over the world and people who sang in various Indian languages. So you'd had Tamil, you had Hindi, you had Marathi, you had Sanskrit, you had, you know, Telugu, you had all these different languages. Sorry, is that plane above me? I do apologize. Oh, that's loud. I actually can't hear it. Zoom okay, does great. a really great job. Okay. <laughs> so you had all of these people singing in all these different languages songs to do with Krishna let's just say and then there would be narration between each of the songs and everyone would change their profile pictures to a different picture of Krishna to show the different stage of the story and it was so beautiful and we did the same for Hanuman we did the same for Ram we did the same for it was so beautiful these epic and these are more um was this improv or or did you no this was this was just organizing a group of singers from across the world to come into this audio room it was just audio clubhouse was just audio okay so it was almost just this session that we curated this storytelling and music to tell just a part of these beautiful beings journeys and you know these are the stories that you don't hear that often you'd hear it from say your great 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 grandmother or a guru of the family but they're not very publicly known so mm. we were lucky enough to meet swamis on clubhouse and people who really knew these very intimate nuanced um tales and that's what i'm saying is that the music and the storytelling just like in a musical mm. is very much the same with all of these stories that we have from india and the Vedic culture and the Purans and all of these, like the music is a fundamental part of that, mm. you know? And the, 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 the bhajans themselves tell an entire part mm. of a story, like a, a scenario, and it's absolutely beautiful. There's a project I'd like to shout out, actually, if it's okay. Of course. It's by my friend Vinita Menon. And talking of stories, she has just... Uh, done a beautiful project and it's, I'm so honored to be part of this project I cannot tell you it's on the Rasalila it's the story of Krishna and the Gopikas and you would not know these stories if you did not hear this project and this woman speak about them and she's so incredible she's taught me so much she's like a big sister to me and her project is coming out and I highly highly encourage if you want to dive really deeply into the stories of Krishna and understand who the Gopikas really were, not the misunderstanding, it's very misunderstood, who
who the Gopikas really were and their relation to Krishna, um, definitely check out the project Rasa Lila, the album, Rasa the album. It's an album, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's a lot of songs and a lot of shlokas and she's a beautiful singer. I did backing vocals and played some keys on it as well and beautiful musicians on this project. When Do you know when that's going to come out about? I'm not sure when it's coming out. I think it's going to be rolled out slowly because there's so much to each yeah. song. But definitely look her up. Look her up on Instagram. It's the Rasa the album or Vinita Menon. Or just reach out to me and I'll point okay. you in the right direction. I'll be happy to. Yeah. And I'll include it in the show notes. You can um, send me a link. Do. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's like, that's almost like an audio musical. It sounds like. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's neat. I'm trying to encourage her to narrate as well, because I think that'll be really important. But yeah, it, it takes you through a whole journey. It's really gorgeous. Yeah. The songs are so beautiful. Oh, well, I, I look forward to listening to that. That sounds awesome. In the, in the, um, the epics, the Indian epics, because I'm actually not that familiar with the, the Vedic Hindu stuff. I'm more familiar with the Sikh stuff. Um, and I remember, well, I know from the Sikh stuff, it's like everything is actually Rog. Like, okay, okay, sorry. Okay, remember to edit here. Um, right, so I was going to ask you, it because I know in, in the Sikh scriptures, everything is actually set to music. Um, is that the way that it is in the like the the Ramayana, the, the Mahabharata? No, okay. It's no, it's no, no. words and then the music is inspired by it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. there fine. are some bhajans that are inspired by certain beings, but I'm, you know, what I'm saying, but even there are other stories, not just the epics, like the Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita and the Ramayana, but there are, there are so many other stories, you know, to be told. Right. And these songs have, encapsulated them in a way you know so it's just lovely when you can bring all that together as well so that would be the format of a musical really yeah that's awesome okay well thank you so so much for for joining uh me and for for sharing everything that you've done i'm sure that there's way more but yeah i didn't get to talk about (laughs) my song i didn't get to talk let's do that do you want to do you want to do that before we (laughs) before we close i'm just noticing that we have been talking for an hour so i don't want to keep you but if you flew by yeah it's been so lovely to speak to you um (laughs) yeah so i have my new song kali out now um this song is very very special it's taken a long time to get this out it was um written with a lady called divya prabha who has written a lot of the chants that we hear today and it's you know it's deeply meaningful kali i i think is is very pertinent for this time i've had so many people message me saying how did you know to release something on kali right now and i'm like oh, i don't know mm-hmm. um you know kali is immense immeasurable love immeasurable love almost overwhelming you know and i think that that's um definitely what's being called for um, we're in a time of incredible transformation. I mean, we're always in some kind of transformational, but transformation, you know, that word. But collectively 
and individually it feels like there's an enmeshing of it right now like I and Kali is that energy of moving what is not serving your highest and pushing it out so whether it's whether we are voluntarily inviting that and being brave enough to do that or whether we may have to be forced to do that um, that energy of Kali to destroy whatever is not serving us and allow space for creating what will is really um really good timing bless you <laughs> so um so that's that's Kali and it's the first song of the next album and this next album is um it's a new direction there's some songs in English and Sanskrit on this album there's a mix there's four different languages on this mm. album actually so it's a bit of a evolution of Sapta and um it's really here to be an anchor point for everyone, including myself. Um, and yeah, the, the you'll see, you'll see what's being revealed. I don't want to say before things are released, but right now, Carly is the first one. So yeah, please do check it out. And yeah. for your listeners, please do reach out to me. Let me know what experience you're having, because that's that's really important to understand what you're experiencing if you feel to share it. And um and so, yeah, and I will be playing at Bhakti Love Reunion as well. I'll be doing a set there on uh, October 14th, I believe. Where is that? It's up. I forget the name of the town, but it's something near the Redwoods, I believe. Oh, okay, cool. California. Yeah. No, actually, it's not near the Redwoods. Let me see. I can get the name of the town. I've never Sorry. been to ba Bhakti Love Reunion, so. I haven't either. Hmm. So it's a new one me but the community has been really nice um let's see i'll just check it quickly um it is oh oh at native springs oasis in weldon california oh, okay it's from october 13th to 15th Ooh, and i'll fine. be playing on the 14th on the saturday cool yeah and then i'll have some other things coming up and if anyone wants to know please do, you know, join me. I don't spam. I think life is cluttered <laughs> enough. But if you want to join me at my website and newsletter, then you can keep in touch there or just join me on my socials and I'll try and I'll try and keep up with all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a few more singles coming out and then an album? Is that all? Yeah. So will that be yeah, out I by do, like the end of the year? Or? Well, I'm going to wait for the full album until next year because, you know, okay. Thanksgiving is coming up mm -hmm. and Christmas. And so but I really wanted to get Kali really felt like it needed to come out now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be, I've submitted it for the recording Academy. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah, the, I'll be rolling out a couple more singles from the album. And then the whole concept of the album will be revealed once it's out and people will see why I've chosen to do it this way. And the reason behind it, you know, it's very, um, everything I, you know, everything I do tends to be a little bit um a little bit before the time it's needed for some reason. Um and so hopefully this time it will it will serve people in what's gonna what the energies are gonna be in like a year's time. Mm. You know, from now till a year's time. So mm. yeah. That's a nice I'm intention. Like it's that. a new direction for me, so I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing. It's been really lovely chatting with you and getting to know what you do and who you are. And um, 
Would you also like to share where people can uh, get in touch with you? I will have everything linked, but what's like the best, your website, socials, stuff like that? Yeah, you can check out radhikavakaria.com. Um, and then Instagram is probably the best place to connect with me. I do have a Facebook page, but Instagram is probably the best. And on my YouTube, I'll be I'll be putting more videos. On my YouTube, I have some videos of live performances that aren't really anywhere else. So if you want to see that, and then I'll start I'll start sharing some more things there. Yeah, oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear more because it's really yeah. it's beautiful too. Where are you yeah. based? Um, near Seattle, Washington. Yeah. I have to visit there. I keep getting calls to go out to Seattle. Oh, well, let me know if you do. Yeah, to perform? Just to experience just to, it, just to be in that environment. I've heard it's a lot like London. It is, yes. In terms of temperament <laughs> and sentiment. Yeah. So I really, yeah, I'm really feeling a call to come visit. So Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful here. I I really I really like it. But not I haven't experienced a lot of kirtan. So if you didn't come up and perform, <laughs> that would be wonderful. Well, maybe we can do something together. Who oh, knows? I love that. Yes, right? I will save that. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you, and thank y'all for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Okay, wait before Bye. you go. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to it on YouTube, you can just leave a comment there. Make sure to subscribe. This really, really helps the algorithm uh, know that you are enjoying it and allows other people to find us. So we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.